The following audio is from First Baptist Pelham in Pelham, Alabama. More information about First Baptist Pelham is available at fbcpelham.org. Well, hello there. My name is Joseph. I'm the earthly father of Jesus. Jesus. Wow. You know, it was a good number of years ago now, but this time of year, I cannot help but be reminded of what has been and always will be the most important time of my life. Why, you might ask? Well, my story is unlike any man that ever lived, and I love to tell about it. Would you like to hear it? Good. It goes something like this. Things weren't going as I had planned. In fact, they, weren't, they were going nothing like I had planned. Mary and I had dreamed of a, a great family gathering. After all, when an engagement is announced, everybody gets excited. And lots of things have to be done in preparation. It's one of the most special times in Jewish life. Mary's mother was so excited, she could hardly wait to tell her friends. Sure, I was only a carpenter, but that didn't seem to matter. She knew that I loved Mary and that I would provide a good home for her. Mary's father, being the true businessman that he was, began his plans for the wedding next year. His prayers had been answered. He knew that I feared Jehovah and that I would bring up his grandchildren in the ways of our God. But that was a year earlier. At this particular moment, I should have been the bridegroom setting out to take my, my bride to the, the happiest banquet of our lives, our wedding banquet. Instead, here we were, trudging toward Bethlehem, tired, dusty, and sore, and Mary was due to give birth to her child at any moment. We had waited in Nazareth as long as we possibly could, hoping that she would give birth there. But the baby waited, and the government decree would not. We had to go. Once again, the Roman government had forced its hand upon our lives. How we longed to be free. Free to be our own people. Free to be God's people. We looked forward to that day when God's Messiah would shatter the yoke of bondage and set us free. Is it possible that the Messiah was about to be born? Is it true that this child Mary is carrying was going to be our Savior? You know, once in a while, Mary and I would talk about these things, and honestly, I admit, we had more questions than answers. I simply knew that I loved Mary. I adored her for her simple faith. I also knew very clearly what God had said to do, and that He was controlling our lives. The past nine months had not been easy, though. I was shocked into numbness when Mary told me that she was pregnant. I seemed riveted to the, to the spot as my mind just raced round and round in maddening circles. How could you do this to me, Mary? Don't you know that I love you? What am I supposed to do now? What will my friends say? They knew that we were supposed to get married. How can I even look at them with this going on? Although I had long ago learned not to 
make rash decisions, this situation was different. I so desperately wanted to make this go away, but I was hurt, deeply hurt by this news. In spite of my pain, I did not want to hurt Mary back, so I quietly told her that I just needed some time to be alone. What should I do? It certainly was not right to go on through with the wedding with Mary pregnant with another man's child, but I loved her so. How could she do this to me? All the happiness gone. All the plans changed. All our dreams shattered. What would God want me to do? That was the hard question. It should have been easy. The scripture says that I could have even had Mary stoned. No, not my Mary. I could not do that to her. Mary dared to say that this was God's will. How could she say that? God's will? Could it be? Could God be the Father? No. No, Mary was just simply out of her mind. Finally, I decided that the proper thing to do was to break the arrangement. I simply had no other choice. I decided that I would even pay for her to leave until after the baby was born. This would at least spare her of some of her embarrassment. So after days of my mind doing battle with itself, I made the decision. Though it had not been an easy one, at least now I could sleep. I would tell Mary in the morning. I knew that she would accept my decision. But that night, <laughs> that night, the strangest most exhilarating thing happened. I do not know how to describe it or explain it. In fact, I would not blame you if you did not believe me. <laughs> I found it hard to believe myself. But in some strange way, it seemed more real than talking to you today. What happened? An angel came to see me. I still shake when I think of it. Speak to a priest? Yes. But I'm just a struggling carpenter. I'm, I'm an average commoner, you might say. Yet I'm telling you, God sent an angel who spoke to me. And I will never forget his words. He said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. I must admit, these were very strange words. <laughs> and to hear them from an angel, well, words cannot truly describe how I was feeling at this point in the story. Let me try to explain.
I have dreamed of Bethlehem But standing at the manger I saw with my own eyes The message from the angel come to life I must have thought, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade Why him with all the rulers in the world? Why here inside this stable filled with hay? And why her? She's just an ordinary girl Now I'm not one to second guess What angels have to say But this is such a strange way To save the world Think of how it had come as he deserved there would have been no Bethlehem no lowly shepherds at his birth I understood the reason love had to reach so far and as I held the Savior in my arms I truly thought why me I'm just a simple man of trade why him with all the rulers in the world and why here inside this stable filled with hay why her just an ordinary girl But now I'm not one to second guess What angels have to say But this is such a strange way To save the such a strange way to save the world this is such a strange way such a strange way this is such a strange way to save It all seemed quite strange. Was it a dream? Could this have actually happened? 
Honestly, it was the only thing that made any sense to me. I now knew what I had to do. I slept very little that night. I was so excited that I could hardly wait to tell Mary what had happened. Now I understood that the baby growing inside of her was God's son and the savior to his people. The emotions that I was, the emotions that we were experiencing at that time, they're very hard to describe. Awe, fear, wonder, joy, bewilderment, and humility. But we knew what we needed to do. The first step, however, was going to be very difficult because we had to, tell, to, had to tell our parents. Let me tell you, living in the center of God's will is not easy. Strangely peaceful, yes, but not easy. Our families were devastated. My parents could not believe that I was still going to go through with our plans. <laughs> I think Mary's father actually wanted to kill me. They were furious at us. They could not decide whether they wanted me to marry their daughter or just simply disappear forever. But as the days passed, we continued to do as God had told us. But our environment, however, had not improved. You know, I never realized how cruel people can be. Friends, neighbors, even the people at the synagogue, especially them. When we went to the synagogue to worship God, Everybody made room for us, but it was not because they were being nice. Heads turned our way while eyes glared at me, knowing looks at Mary's growing abdomen with quick glances. I was no longer allowed to read the Torah. But I guess what hurt the most was the children. They were no longer allowed to come near us because we were labeled as sinners. Our situation also impacted my work. I lost some of my very best customers, and even when someone did come into my shop to pick up a new table or a mended chair, the conversation was short and uncomfortable. And yet somehow, Mary and I were happy. We understood something that others simply could not or would not even try to understand. God was working in our lives. He was guiding us and using us. We were learning that nothing, nothing matters more than that. And though we didn't realize it quite yet, Mary and I were about to learn some valuable lessons from our experiences in a little town called Bethlehem. The first lesson that we learned was that God's will is the most important thing. Business, family, friends, although each of these is very valuable to this life, they are all less important than being in God's will. We knew what we had to do. We knew we had to do what God told us to do. But the funny thing about God's will is that it's often hard to understand and sometimes it's even harder to carry out. For instance, why would God want Mary to go to Bethlehem? Could he not have just made Caesar's decree a little later so that she didn't have to travel, wondering if we would have a baby on the side of the path? 
Would traveling to Bethlehem endanger the health of the baby? Would not it have been easier and better for Mary's mother to help with the delivery? No. Nothing about our lives was happening according to our plans. So I lovingly and somewhat jokingly assured Mary that in spite of their feelings toward us, our family and friends were going to miss us. And we headed to Bethlehem. Excluded from friends, misunderstood at the synagogue, now separated by miles from our family, we would be alone amongst strangers as Mary gave birth to God's Son. With my carpenter skills, I was able to make our accommodations a little bit more comfortable, and we were soon able to get used to the smells and the sounds of the barn. Trust me, as the baby came, there was no silent night. But at first, when the baby first started crying, Mary's pain seemed forgotten. Together we praised God as we realized his presence in that stable along with the fact that we were right where he wanted us to be at that very moment. You know, Mary and I learned another valuable lesson during our time there, right after Jesus was born. We learned that busyness can keep us from experiencing God's presence in our lives. In spite of this supernatural, extraordinary event, it was just another day in Bethlehem. The town bustled with noise as people were scurrying about busily with their chores. Even if some of them had heard the baby crying, they were too busy to understand the enormity of what had happened. Here was Emmanuel, God with us, and their busyness caused them to miss it. Have you ever been that way? So busy with life that you miss the things that are most important? I imagine that most of you would say yes. Honestly, I used to be that way too. I would spend all my time focused on the most trivial, insignificant things. But I live differently now. Seeing that baby come into the world and knowing that I had absolutely nothing to do with it changed me. It made me pay more attention to the things that really matter. Now, all I really want to make sure is to make sure that I'm so close to God that I don't miss his workings and the blessings that come from being in the middle of his will. Well, our lessons did not end there. Soon after the baby was born, guess who showed up? Shepherds of all people. <laughs> I could not help but smile. They were dirty and, wow, the smell. Well, now that I think about it, they actually did smell pretty good compared to where we had just spent the night. Anyway, these were men who were definitely unwelcomed in most circles. Most of them had notorious reputations from pilfering and dipping from the coffers as they traveled from place to place. Society had a distinct distaste for these men, yet here they were, the lowliest of the low, come to see God's Son. The third lesson that Mary and I learned in Bethlehem was that God often uses the lowly things to proclaim his greatness. God could have chosen anyone anyone to be the first witnesses to the birth of his son, but he ultimately chose this group of shepherds from the hillsides of Bethlehem. The precious Lamb of God was being birthed in the city of David, and God wanted to ensure that some shepherds had the privilege of witnessing this holy happening. 
And they not only had the privilege of being the first to see him, they were also the first ones to get, be called to go and tell others about what they had seen. These men may have been ostracized by most of society, but God thought they were special. Matter of fact, he believed they were special, and he allowed them to be etched into history. The truth is, God doesn't need royalty or dignitaries when he's seeking to proclaim his plan. He just needs faithful people that are available and willing to do as he asks. Are you that way? Do you proclaim the good news to those around you, or do you think that you're not qualified or valuable enough to do so? Maybe you think you don't know what to say. Well, the shepherds just told the story. And I'm guessing that's what God desires of all of us. Just tell the story. And as far as being valuable enough for, valuable enough for God to use us, you know, it's not our jobs, our income, our social status, or the home that we live, or any other worldly blessing that makes us valuable and usable. Our value comes from God. And if he can use lowly shepherds to proclaim his greatness, he can use anyone, even you. So with all that Bethlehem has taught me, you might wonder, what are, my, what are your plans now, Joseph? Well, I guess I could tell you confidently and with assurance that I don't have any. And if I did, they would vanish into insignificance in comparison with God's plans for my life. You know, Bethlehem changed the way that I think about a lot of things. In what way, you might ask? Well, now I just want what God wants. I also don't want to be so busy that I miss him in my life. And even though I'm just a simple carpenter, I know God can use me. He already has. I've decided that I want to be less so that he can be more. I want to be faithful to be where he wants me to be, doing what he wants me to do. Truthfully, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, Bethlehem has never been the same since that night. Neither have Mary and I. And today I can't help but wonder about you. Have you had a Bethlehem experience? Has the story of Bethlehem changed you? If not, I hope this year you will take some time to to take a new and fresh look at Bethlehem. Because when you do, you might just see something that you've never seen before. You might be changed in a way that you never thought possible. And who knows, my wish for you just might come true. May you know God's peace. Shalom. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more information about First Baptist Pelham and other free resources like this one, log on to fbcpelham.org.